God has a reason for every word in Scripture. And so when God made sure that Samson's story, his life story, got into the Bible, he did it because Samson's story contains a lesson that I need to know and apply to my life. Samson's story teaches that in God's eyes, the strength which matters most is not being strong on the outside, but strong on the inside. Unfortunately, many of us have not learned this lesson. Many of us are sad and defeated and discouraged and unhappy and discontent and confused and distressed because we are weak on the inside. Many of us concentrate on our exterior strengths. Many of us put all our energy into developing our exterior talents and our exterior skills and external gifts and abilities while we ignore what's on the inside. And it's the inside that matters most. And on the inside, we're weak. This is Samson's story. Samson lived in a time when God's people were being oppressed by a ruthless people called the Philistines. God's people needed help, and so God chose a servant, a servant that could offer relief to God's people and to be part of God's plan. God chose Samson and gave Samson everything he needed to succeed, particularly God endowed Samson with superhuman strength. And so Samson took this superhuman strength and started to use it to set God's people free until Samson himself was captured and rendered useless to God. And Samson was captured for one reason. And this one reason is the lesson that God wants to teach through Samson's life. Samson was captured because even though he was super strong on the outside, he was weak on the inside. Would you please turn your Bibles to Judges chapter 16. Uh, this is around the, the sixth or seventh uh, by, uh, book in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Uh, if you're using the Bible in front of you, this should be on page 182. And while you're finding Judges chapter 16, let me set the stage a little bit because we'll be picking up Samson's story in midstream. Uh, we pick up Samson's story in the home of a woman named Delilah. And Samson is in Delilah's home because, as it says in verse 4 of Judges 16, Samson is in love with her. Samson is with Delilah, even though he knows that she is not one of God's people. But what displeases God the most about this relationship is not that Samson is dating a Philistine. It is that he is in Delilah's bed, despite God's clear commands against sex outside of a marriage commitment. Samson knows that being with Delilah is wrong. What Samson doesn't know is that Delilah is part of a Philistine plot. 
a Philistine plot to neutralize Samson. The Philistines know that as long as God's spirit is on Samson, he is unbeatable. So they told Delilah to use her wiles to find out how Samson can be separated from God and his power. So we read in Judges, starting at verse 15. Then Delilah said to Samson, How can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded Samson day after day until he was sick to death of it. She, uh, so then he told her everything. Samson said, No razor has ever been used on my head because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. Let's stop there and just analyze what Samson says. Samson says, no razor has ever been used on my head because I have been a Nazarite since birth. What is a Nazarite? Well, a Nazarite is someone who takes God up on the best offer that God gave before Jesus. Uh, About 200 years before Samson was born, God had an interesting conversation with Moses. Uh, The conversation is recorded in the first words of Numbers chapter 6. And there God tells Moses, listen up, Moses, I want you to communicate to my people a special offer. And I realize that not many of my people are going to take me up on this offer, but here it is. If a person wants to dedicate himself to me and my work in the world, uh, let him come and tell me. Uh, And all a person needs to do to tell me that they want to be set apart to me is uh, to do two things. Here are the two things that a person needs to do to communicate this desire to me. One, this person must refuse to eat grapes or drink any grape juice or any wine. And two, the person must refuse to cut his hair. I will regard these two acts as an outward sign of a person's inward desire to be set apart to me and for my work. And this is what the Hebrew word Nazarite means. It means one who is set apart. And in the Bible, we are introduced to uh, three Nazarites. And interestingly, all Three of these people had their Nazarite vow chosen for them at birth by their parents. The first uh, Nazarite introduced in Scripture is Samson. And like the other two Nazarites, the Old Testament prophet Samuel and then in the New Testament, John the Baptist, they were set apart from birth. Samson never tasted a grape and never cut his hair. And Samson knew growing up that these two restrictions constituted a vow between him and God that set him apart uh, for God and for God's work. 
Samson knew that the source of his superhuman strength was not his hair. He knew it was an internal, uh, an internal vow to serve God, the hair being just a symbol of that vow. And God gave Samson external abilities and giftedness because of this internal commitment to God. So we pick up the story now in verse 18. When Delilah saw that Samson had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back at once. Samson has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands to pay Delilah. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And Samson's strength left him. Then Delilah called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke from his sleep and thought, I will go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding in the prison. God's word preserves the story of Samson because God wants me to see in Samson's life the total tragedy of being strong on the outside but weak on the inside. God wants me to understand the perils of inner spiritual weakness. God wants to teach me a little bit about its sign, the sign of spiritual weakness, the cause of spiritual weakness, and the cure of spiritual weakness. So let's begin with the sign, the sign of spiritual weakness. The sign of Samson's inner weakness was his powerlessness over temptation. The first and worst sign of spiritual weakness is failing to fight temptation. Samson was muscular on the outside, but he wasn't exercising the more important muscles on the inside to fight temptation. It didn't matter how strong Samson was on the outside. He became useless to God because of his inability to resist temptation on the inside. From Samson, I learned that spiritual weakness is choosing to follow the voice of temptation instead of God's will. And on the other hand, spiritual strength is choosing to follow God's will instead of temptation. Over and over in my spiritual journey, I come face to face with temptations. Everyone faces Temptations, But what tempts me may not tempt you at all. Maybe I'm tempted to gossip uh, or speak critically about people in order to make myself look good. But you're never tempted to do that. On the other hand, you may be really tempted to be greedy or maybe you have a temper that... Uh, tempts you to fly off in rages, and I'm never tempted like that. The truth is, the things that tempt us are all different and very individual, the things that tempt us. But 
how we deal with temptation reveals the same thing about me and reveals the same thing about you. How we deal with our temptations reveals how strong we are. It reveals whether I'm strong on the inside or I'm weak on the inside. It doesn't matter if you are new in your walk with Jesus or you've been devoted to God since birth like Samson. Your usefulness in God's hand rises and falls on the extent to which you resist temptation. In fact, the story of Samson seems to indicate that the more you are devoted to God, the more you will be tempted. Uh, In fact, we see this, right, in the life of Jesus. We see uh, the way the tempter brought laser-guided temptation upon Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 records how Jesus endured seven weeks straight of nonstop, rigorous, customized temptation in the desert. And in the process, Jesus proves not only that temptation is always resistible, but Jesus proves that it's not a sin to be tempted. Temptation is not a sin. It is a pull toward sin. Temptation is not a sin in itself. Maybe you've heard uh, how monkeys are captured in Africa. The most common trap is called the monkey jar. And uh, here's how it works. You take a, a, a glass, clear glass jar with a very narrow neck opening at the top, and you affix this jar to an immovable stone slab, and then you put something inside the jar that the monkey wants. Uh, maybe it's a banana or an orange or an iPhone, I don't know uh, what they uh, use, but you put something in the jar that a monkey would want, and then you go away and you wait for a monkey to uh, climb down from surrounding trees and then come and grab what's inside. And the monkey takes uh, the grab and, of course, makes a fist that makes it impossible for it to uh, extract its hand from the monkey jar. Now the monkey is trapped. It won't let go. It just sits there hour after hour because it won't let go of the banana. And they've been using this same monkey jar trap in Africa, I guess, for about 100 years. And so I'm sure there are some wise monkeys uh, who warn the young monkeys, don't go for the food in the jar. It's a trap. It's not the good life you think it is. It's a trap. But apparently some monkeys don't listen. Uh, Many of us are like those foolish monkeys. God gives us his wise word in Scripture to keep us away from the monkey jar. He wants to keep us free But we think we know better than God. We think that the thing in the monkey jar is the good life. And that God is, through his instructions, just keeping us in slavery. We think that God's instructions are keeping us from the good life. And this is the hook 
of temptation. Temptation is the process of being lured away from the good life that God intends for me. It's easy to be fooled into thinking that the sin I'm attracted to is the good life. It's so easy to slip into this subconscious thought that God sets up the rules for what's good for God and not for me. I think that if I was just free of these constraints that God puts on me in his word, if I could just follow my desires, I would be better off. I would be truly happy and content and fulfilled and thrilled with life. But I have it backwards. God is the perfect loving father. God gives me his word as a guide to the good life. If I follow God's instruction, God leads me to the good life. If I follow my desires like Samson, then like Samson, I will be imprisoned and end up in chains. For instance, God instructs me to trust him with the circumstances beyond my control. But worry tempts me to panic and puts me in the chains of anxiety. God instructs me to forgive those who hurt me. But anger tempts me to boil over with revenge and chains me to rage. God instructs me to be content with what I have. But greed tempts me to go beyond my means and chains me to debt. God instructs me to be bold in sharing my love for Jesus. But fear tempts me to live in the shadows and chains me to people-pleasing. God instructs me to draw strength from him in times of pain and sorrow. But despair tempts me to just give up and chains me to discouragement. My usefulness in God's hand rises and falls on the extent I resist these temptations. The Philistines knew that Samson was unbeatable with God's power. And these enemies knew that temptation was the key to separating Samson from his relationship with God and God's power. The same goes for you. The forces of darkness know that you are powerful as long as you are in close fellowship with God. When you follow Jesus, you are filled with his spirit. And when God fills you with his spirit, he gives you superhuman abilities and gifts. But these God-given strengths and abilities on the outside are useless if I'm weak toward temptation on the inside. So the sign of spiritual weakness is a failure to fight temptation. But what about the cause? What causes me to fail in my fight against temptation? Let's talk about the cause of spiritual weakness. The cause of spiritual weakness is focusing on my unmet selfish desires. The reason that Samson was susceptible to temptation Uh, was because he was focused on his unmet selfish desires. What is an 
unmet selfish desire. In short, it is any self-centered desire that is not a spiritual desire for God. Uh, desire in itself is not bad. Uh, desire can be very, very good. There are many great dreams and hopes and aspirations that spring from a desire for God and for pleasing God. Burning with spiritual desire always leads me to resist temptation. Uh, but a selfish desire, however, does the opposite. It becomes the cause that makes me vulnerable to temptation. Samson had an unmet selfish desire for romance. And his focus on that unsatisfied desire made him a huge temptation target and very vulnerable. We know that Samson had this burning desire for romance and sexual contact because the very first thing we are told about Samson after the description of his birth is uh, these words in uh, Judges chapter 14, verse 1. Samson saw a young Philistine woman and said to his parents, I have seen a woman in Timnah. Now go get her for me as my wife. Then Judges 14 and 15 record how Samson was engaged to this Timnah woman, but how through a series of disappointments, uh, eventually their engagement was broken, and the woman was married to one of Samson's friends, and Samson was left with a broken heart and these unsatisfied desires for romance. Then these unsatisfied longings led him to Delilah. The Apostle James in the New Testament writes this in James chapter 1 verse 14. Each one is tempted when by his own selfish desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived it gives birth to sin. And when it is full grown... Uh, sin gives birth to death. James reveals that the cause of spiritual weakness is selfish desire. And God teaches me through Samson's story that my best defense against temptation is to analyze my unsatisfied selfish desires. How about you? What are your unsatisfied, selfish longings? If you analyze your self-talk, you will hear some of your unsatisfied, selfish desires. And it will lead you to the cause, the cause that makes you weak inside. Because they lead you to those places where you are most vulnerable to temptation. Samson grew up with this unmet need for intimacy, and that made him a target for temptation. Maybe you grew up with an unmet need for approval. Uh, then no surprise, your key temptation is going to be compromising yourself for people-pleasing, getting the praise of people. My point is that it's not enough to just say, I'm going to start fighting temptation. It's important to understand why I am tempted. And the why always comes back to some unmet 
need that becomes a selfish desire. Now, these selfish desires don't need to be dark. They don't need to be sinister. They, they can be very everyday and very ordinary. Uh, my selfish desire can be as simple as just wanting my will instead of God's will in certain situations. Uh, my wife and kids and I uh, were traveling uh, by air together across uh, the aisle from us on the airplane was a young mom uh, traveling with three kids under six. And one of these kids was a screamer. Uh, as we took off, he screamed. Uh, as we hit cruising al- altitude, he screamed louder. Uh, he wasn't in pain. He just seemed to have a diabolical joy in watching us cringe each time he screamed at the top of his lungs. I don't know what the kid's name was, but uh, uh, the name uh, Lucifer comes to mind. Uh, And while he was enjoying screaming uh, and getting all this attention from other adults, his mom was too busy taking care of an infant and that middle child. to uh, to take care of little Lucifer. Uh, so while I was uh, watching this woman who clearly needed a little help, I heard a little voice in my heart saying, offer to help this woman. Uh, what she needs is just a little bit of kindness and a little support. Offer to help. I knew it was the voice of God saying that he wanted me to serve. But you know what? There was another voice. There was another voice in me saying, no, don't help. Uh, Don't serve her. She made her own choices. She made her own mess. Don't get involved. And that other voice was my selfishness. And uh, I was being tempted to my selfish desire to be uninvolved and just to satisfy my own comfort. My desire was to serve me, not God, not this mom, not anybody. And after a minute of back and forth between uh, these voices, I made my decision. I leaned over and said, uh, you know, uh, just a few years ago, uh, my wife and I uh, were in your position of flying with little kids. And I just want you to know that if there's anything my wife can do to help, (laughs) I'm sure she'd be glad to help. What I'm saying is that uh, the cause behind temptation is a selfish desire. And sometimes it can be very innocent and very ordinary, but it's still the cause. The sign of spiritual weakness is a failure to fight temptation. The cause of spiritual weakness is a selfish desire that becomes the basis for temptation. Now let's talk about the cure. Let's talk about the cure of spiritual weakness. The cure for spiritual weakness is turning to God. Samson's story has a dramatic ending. The Philistines brought Samson to jail to make sport of him. A crowd of thousands gathered in a Philistine temple to laugh at Samson, who is now blind and bald. And in the midst of this pagan temple, Samson did something very simple but very powerful for all of us to learn. Samson just prayed to the one true God. He prayed a very simple, 
a few word line uh, turning back to God prayer, which is recorded in uh, Judges 16, verse 28. Samson prayed, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me once more. It's a short prayer because that is all that is needed to turn back to God and cure spiritual weakness. Although it's a brief prayer, it emerged certainly from Samson's long hours of soul-searching in prison. Apparently in jail, Samson came to understand that exterior strength meant nothing if he did not have strength with a relationship with God on the inside. Apparently in jail, Samson understood that what matters most is not being strong on the outside, but being close with God on the inside. Apparently in jail, Samson asked God to forgive him and uh, asked for another uh, opportunity to serve God again. And apparently in jail, Samson gave up his selfish desires to God and sought God in a spiritual desire. Apparently in jail, Samson asked God to give him strength on the inside where it really counts. We don't know exactly what happened in Samson's heart, but we do know that Samson just turned back to God in a way that God honored. We know that Samson turned to God in his final prayer, and God showed Samson full forgiveness and gave him full power to bring down those temple uh, pillars in a way that brought victory to Samson and glory to God. And just as God was eager to give forgiveness and a fresh start to Samson, God invites you to take his cure for spiritual weakness. Turn to God. Maybe you are in that position today where you looked strong on the outside, but you know and God knows that you are weak on the inside. Maybe through Samson today, you understand why it is that you have so many God-given abilities, but yet you see so little spiritual fruit. Maybe you hear God telling you that it doesn't matter how gifted you are on the outside. It doesn't matter how great your abilities are. If you don't have the inner strength that comes from a close fellowship with God, you will not be able to make a difference in this world. God wants to set you apart for him and for his work in the world. God wants to use you to make an impact and change lives for all eternity. But you can't do it without his power on the inside. You can have superhuman strength and people skills, but if you don't have God's people on the inside, you'll make zero impact. You won't touch anyone in a way that really uh, matters if you're weak on the inside. If you fail to fight temptation, you're weak on the inside. If you focus on your unmet selfish desires instead of God's will, like Samson, you'll be chained to a life of sadness and defeat with emptiness and loneliness and weakness inside. But today, God says to you, that's not my plan for you. My plan is for you to be mighty 
in my kingdom. You can be strong inside if you will just turn to me. God says, just turn to me and I'll give you strength on the inside that will lead you to that good life that will bring you joy and true victory. So take God's cure for spiritual weakness by turning to God now.